the love language potentially shifts over time too. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, it used to be that this is the way that I expressed myself. Just physical touch. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Just exactly. Always physical. Yeah. <laughs> Very affectionate. Um, so, and, and, and actually, Chad, did you write them down? I, I think, uh, and, and even on that note, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of couples out there that might not even know their partner's true. love languages if you were to dig mm-hmm, and dive true. into it. day another conversation but this one's gonna be juicy yeah. juicy juicy yeah i'm glad it's afternoon because that means we can have a glass, a glass of wine, of wine with, with this one. <laughs> i know it's totally totally so we we somewhat roped my really good friend our really good friend chad mm-hmm. into having a conversation with us about women from a man's perspective mm-hmm. yeah this is gonna be interesting mm-hmm. get ready ladies oh yeah and men i think the men yes. are gonna want to hear this one too in fact actually we tried to rope a couple other people in but they chickened out chad's the only one who's mm-hmm. courageous yeah <laughs> so, so that's a that's a good introduction in itself yeah <laughs> he's so chad, ready to come so Chad has been a good friend of mine for now over, well, almost a year, I guess we met about a year ago. Although we do cohabitate, we live in the same house and we've gotten to know each other over the last year in a variety of different ways from, you know, friendship, a business perspective. And then he's, actually, I'll let you answer that question, but I'm going to let him introduce himself, tell you a little bit about who he is. Yeah, I'm Chad Fornier. I'm uh, honored that these two ladies have invited me to be on their podcast. Uh, I've known, like Crystal said, for about a year. I've known them both. Mm-hmm. Um, they have unique insights on many uh, topics, as everybody, all the viewers have probably seen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm interested to even dive into what I know about women. I mean, <laughs> part of me is uh, feels like I have some learning to do on this as well. So uh, let's uh, let's get at it. Well, I think that's actually the first step of saying that you have something to impart is because you're saying that you don't know it all, which I always think if our cup's full, what do we have to learn? Right. So True. that's good. That's good. I think we're all going to learn today. Mm-hmm. Um, and awesome. Cause I know, I think I met you the first time, uh, you moved in, you were just moving in and we kind of like threw you right in to be like, well, this is who we are. <laughs> I was like, you're either going to scare him away. <laughs> he's not going to be your roommate or he's going to be full on in. It's all good. Um, so thanks for coming. Um, I'm kind of excited to jump in a little bit around, which I think, you know, it's a real gift to be able to pick a man's brain mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because as women, we're often trying to figure it out. Like what is going on up there? Um, so I want to know, and I want to kind of jump in a little bit of around like what, what men think about women. So I want to, I want to just jump into a little bit around like, what is it that, um, maybe how do you perceive women? You know, obviously we've had lots of podcasts talking about women in our perspective of ourselves, but what is your perspective of women and, and femininity and kind of where women are at today? Like, you know, just give us a, a man's perspective of kind of the culture of where women are today. 
Well, it's interesting. I think that a woman's energy and a male's energy complement each other mm-hmm. nicely. And you look at a societal expectation of a man and a societal expectation of a woman, and they both balance each other out. And we grow up in, in such a way that there's an expectation of what a woman's supposed to be, what a male's supposed to be. And as a person progresses in their life, that perspective is going to change. I mean, I know for myself, when uh, you look back at in high school as compared to my early 20s, my late 20s and now into my 30s, mm-hmm. um, my perspective has changed and there's a lot more understanding that goes into uh, even some of the situations that maybe I found myself in, different experiences, mm-hmm. um, what a person wants in life, what they're doing in life. It, we, we all adapt and changed uh, and some of that is to do with Maybe the women that we grew up with um, in, you know, you have a mother, uh, you have an older sister, Mm -hmm. uh, cousins, maybe different influences in your life uh, that led you one way or another. Um, And everybody's perspective is going to going to change from Mm -hmm. from a man to a woman, a woman to a man, a boy to a girl. Uh, You see a natural interaction uh, from from kids at a young age when they they start interacting and they grow up into high school. Well, now there's a different relationship that is either mm-hmm. expected or that have they've kind of found themselves falling into, uh, for lack of better words. True, true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think uh, me growing up with uh, boys in a male environment made me very feminine. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, but you're right. I think, you know, the, the, um, evolution of, you know, the opinion and perspective, opinion and and perspective. Thank you for that. I was like, okay, I'm not feeling my word. Thank you. I know. I know. I'm like, right. (laughs) But yeah, like the perspective, it it shifts and changes as, as you go through your phases and stages Mm -hmm. of life. And especially the conditioning, Mm -hmm. like the, you know, who were you as you grew up around the other, the opposite sex? Mm-hmm. Who were you? Yeah. And yeah, who was that? That's, yeah, that's a good question. Let's I could probably uh, call a couple people and they could give you a good answer. <laughs> um, it's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm part of the the generation that, that grew up kind of with, with no social media. And then we adapted into this mm-hmm. in whatever, in the uh, mid yeah, 2005, 2007 well, kind of deal. Up in Saskatchewan, so that makes I sense, grew up yeah. in the middle of nowhere as well. Yes, that is correct. But, uh, but you know, then that was a good place that we were actually, we were able to have our separation from uh, busy, anxious point A to point B society. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, as I grow up, I do appreciate where I do come from for that reason mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but <laughs> where do you feel like what, what, what do the environment what has changed you know? like maybe what your perspective was you know when you were younger and like you said I'm sure people would have a perspective on what where do you think you come from yeah so mm-hmm. if uh, in growing up I grew up with uh, a mother and a sister in my house um, in my mm-hmm. mind growing up I always saw myself ending up with with somebody who uh, was a model or an influence in my life. And like I said, with social media coming into mm, into everyone's life mm-hmm. at, uh, yeah, like I age. said, in 2007, everyone's perspective on what this ideal uh, woman is, it's just changed. It's mm-hmm. shifted and it's mm-hmm. shaped. 
uh, based on what a, what a, from what a woman's supposed to look like, from what uh, their their lifestyle is supposed to be, uh, how they're supposed to complement each other, and from a generational perspective, you look at it. You know, hundred years ago, it was the woman was the housemaker, and mm-hmm. the man was out working, mm-hmm. uh, bringing bringing the income in, and even. From a hundred years, even you know, in a lot of cases, from forty years ago. Mm-hmm. But now that's that's all kind of changed as a lot of different uh, career opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, political. Mm-hmm. It's it's all shift in shape, and there's been an, an opening for that. And um, to mm-hmm. be this stereotypical alpha male, uh, well, now there's there's room for the stereotypical alpha female to yeah. kind of yeah. to come and, and prosper in the same yeah. same way and create that same source of income or success or mm. build a successful business and it's I guess in some ways has maybe taken some pressure off of of a male to always mm. have to be the pro- provider kind of thing. Interesting. And we're going to talk about I was that. I going to say, I want to jump in. <laughs> not that you're not sitting in front of two women who right. are, don't hang out in that category at all. But. Well, and I think, and so, I mean, you talked about a couple of things there that brought thought, but um, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Like, I mean, there is a perception sometimes that men like to have control or like to, you know, they like to be the breadwinner. They mm-hmm. like to, you know, they need to have or, respect and purpose. So there's this, you know, perception around that. But, you know, you just said, well, it's actually the, the pressure is off. Mm-hmm. So it, there's been an underlying pressure then mm-hmm. that, I mean, I guess that's that's a thing in itself that probably True. a lot of women don't necessarily understand or relate to unless they get into that position, which I can understand that now, <laughs> being in that position myself. <laughs> um, but how do you feel about women taking more of that kind of leadership role, maybe in a family, maybe financially or mm-hmm. however that looks? Well, I, abs- <clears throat> I absolutely love it. I mean, for myself, I know one of the more attractive things that I do find in a woman is, is independence. So to see that, uh, these women that are able to build themselves, support a family on their own, uh, overcome uh, certain situations in their life that maybe a lot of people would have just written off or took a different direction. Instead, it was kind of a, a motivating factor for them to to take things into their own hands, mm-hmm. whether it was going through a, a messy divorce or overcoming something that was even uh, from when they were younger kind mm-hmm. of deal. And to just take things in their own hands and be able to prosper on their own without the hands of a male. And it, I think in a lot of ways that makes it easier for, say, somebody who is still finding themselves uh, as a male. And they're in, a lot of it's changed too. Uh, The marital age just seems to be going up. Yeah, later. And Mm -hmm. which, which, which is a good thing. Uh, You look at a lot of the divorce rates and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a lot of that might be due to the people's brains haven't, haven't fully developed and, and we're getting into marriage at a young age young. and having kids and mm-hmm. there's pressure to keep this job that maybe a uh, male doesn't like mm-hmm. or the female doesn't mm-hmm. like, but, but they have, at the end of the day, food has to get put on the table for, for the kids mm-hmm. and then more responsibilities, more mm-hmm. responsibilities. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And as, we get older into our thirties and, and maybe things are a little bit more settled down mentally. Uh, we have a different perspective on life. And I know for myself from even from my you know time I was 25 to the time that I'm 32, mm-hmm. uh, my perspective on 
what a female is or what a female does or what a female provides and compliments in a man's life has has changed and shifted drastically isn't it amazing how fast it's changed though like you know and and how and man it's like it's like okay if you think i mean everything's changing so fast these days but and especially you can't you have to expect that we're all going to be really messed up and confused about this whole thing Mm -hmm. because how do you go like you just described like seven years maybe seven years eight years of that whole and we're gonna obviously we're talking north american Mm -hmm. relationships Mm -hmm. in a first world society ish thing but um the how that has shifted and changed so much it's like okay no 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 wonder is that the word no wonder we're confused we're confused Mm -hmm. yeah it's like wow okay who am i and how do i participate in the relationship and who am i attracted to and why am i attracted to them well you know, the next six months that might actually change, you know, well, it's crazy. <clears throat> and as you said that too, like, I mean, I, I met my husband when I was 25, got married when I was 28. Um, and so much of like, I look, we talk about this on our podcast, other podcasts, like, Oh, I wouldn't make the same decisions now as I'd make when I was in my twenties. Like there's an element of in your twenties, you're figuring it out. You're figuring out who you are, you know, what you want. And hundred mm-hmm. percent, I would agree that when you compound that with more responsibilities, more obligations, your freedom to maybe explore that. It's not that it can happen, but it's going to be harder. Like there's no question if you have to, it's not just you that you're worried about putting food on the table for, but you know, children and a spouse and whoever, um, you know, that that creates uh, a more difficult dynamic, meaning it may not be as easy, Mm -hmm. but there's also the argument that, you know, I've heard for many years and probably more from me and my parents' generation that was, well, they got married young, knowing that you're going through that transition in your 20s, but you're going through it together. Together, yeah. And that you're growing together. And that a lot of times, like my parents got married when they were early 20s, but they didn't have children until their late 20s. So they were Mm. married for 10 years, and they kind of went through that experience and time where they were probably figuring themselves out, but they still only had each other to worry about. Yeah, Um, the dynamics were So, you know, I think there is a... I think right now our culture emphasizes so much around like, like self-focus, like let's figure out ourselves, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, but inevitably sometimes maybe we are limiting ourselves from different experiences because like for me, I was almost afraid to be in relationship when I was, um, in my early twenties because I was so focused on my career and what I wanted to create that I actually probably subconsciously and consciously um, avoided relationship. I didn't want to get overcommitted. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be limited in any way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Distracted. Um, Because they're, they're hot, you know, men are hot. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they are a distraction. They're a distraction, damn it. (laughs) They are beautiful. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, there's, I think the, the shift is, is maybe been, maybe in the perception of roles and I guess that's where I want to you know ask a bit more around that is um you know and maybe speaking to like you said growing up you you witnessed the certain roles that your parents would have you know played in your family Mm -hmm. whether that and that's not just financial that's like what they do in the house what you know what jobs what's you know that the joke is this is a blue job or a a pink pink job right like you know it's a joke but you know actually my husband does most of the laundry so (laughs) we don't have those same rules um but you know this perception around roles and I feel like that's where it's become more gray right like that that 
it's it's really not about um well, maybe culture does have an eye perspective around that, but I think people are wanting to navigate that in themselves first before they maybe jump into a relationship. Um, so my question is, do you feel that part has shifted? And also, how do you feel about that? Like, I know the idea of, hey, wouldn't it be great if, you know, my wife made a bunch of money and I didn't have to work so hard? But what does that do from that perspective, the masculine of being like a, mm. a provider and wanting to have, you know, um, you know, the masculine is very much about respect, which isn't respect from others, it's respecting self. Self-respect, yeah. What I, I would say to you that in the role, and she asked you a couple questions. And I then, did. Yeah, <laughs> she got this question. <laughs> <laughs> but the role um, of provider, masculine provider, whatever, although the traditional mm-hmm. role, is there's a lot of value, self, like, they there's a sense of value mm-hmm. from a masculine masculine yeah. perspective right and i think in a lot of ways that's true um mm-hmm. but for for myself mm-hmm. i mean if if i'm with somebody who is financially successful mm-hmm. independent uh, built their own business or has their high paying job if mm-hmm. it, it all depends on what a person considers success as well True. is success a high paying job is success mm-hmm. uh, happiness or mm-hmm. or is success just this this title that we do mm-hmm. do get at a job but i think for myself if if i'm with somebody who checks all of those boxes it's it's just going to elevate mm-hmm. me it's going to want me to do better it's going to want mm-hmm. me to continually True. work towards and strive towards my own uh, perspective of excellence of myself awesome. and it, it it's gonna it's, it's it's gonna change and it's gonna it's gonna shift day to day week to week mm-hmm. if you're if you are dating somebody who is consistently trying to elevate mm-hmm. and always open to learn and yeah. I mean for myself I, I know that I'm a lifelong learner mm-hmm. I know Crystal you and I have mm-hmm. had some excellent mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. and I, I get that same that same vibe mm-hmm. that's why we always connected we're always mm-hmm. willing to uh, share knowledge and wisdom and experience yeah. and and the same goes mm-hmm. in a relationship mm-hmm. if uh, there's continued elevation continued stimulation mm-hmm. then things in my own unprofessional opinion, have a have a much stronger. They stay spicy. That's right. They stay that's spicy. right. So I have a question on that because somebody. I think um, that's great, and I, I totally hear you. And I think that that's you know that's the ideal relationship where you know your partner's um, successes inspire only you. inspire you to mm-hmm. create more. Mm-hmm. But I want to. I want you to answer this from. A, <laughs> And, and I appreciate that, and that's why you're here, because I think you have great insight into yeah. things. But I want you to, and, and maybe this is a judgment, but, it, you know, from a whole, as from a, a male perspective, what Talk do you... about th- your friends. What do you think has been... <laughs> there the, you go. What do you think has been the cost for men of, you know, women moving into that position? And, and I'm not saying cost as in, like, because not all men are rising to that. Mm-hmm. You know, not all men are seeing women's success as... You know, they internalize it then as their failure, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Well, I'm not, I'm not as good at that. I'm not growing as much. I'm not. So it's actually, um, it's affecting their self-esteem, their self-worth, or you know. And again, great if they have the perspective. And we can always, if we can celebrate other people's successes, that's the ideal. But as a whole, what do you think that's created for men? Well, I mean, I believe that we're all in some way, shape, or form genetic to our environment. Whatever we grow up around uh, socially, uh, mm. we we define in our brain or in our mind what is su- acceptable kind of right. deal. 
And I know in the male culture, it's, uh, I mean, I know where I grew up and the people that I grew up around, there was, there was this ideal male. Well, what, mm-hmm. what do males do? They're, they're the man, they're strong, they're mm-hmm. tough, they're, mm-hmm. they drink lots of alcohol. They do, <laughs> they, they do all, all the they manly farm. things and they, mm-hmm. they get with women. They, yeah. they do, they do all of that. And the belief system around that, it, it, it doesn't, none of that, no belief system is going to change unless a person is willing to shift and see the other side of things in, in anything, mm-hmm. any case. Um, somebody who grows up in a house where the dad doesn't work and the mm-hmm. mom does work, well, mm-hmm. then they're probably going to have a different perspective than uh, somebody who grew up where their mother was always cooking, doing the laundry, mm-hmm. and, and their father was out uh, on the ranch or on the farm mm-hmm. or sure. out uh, doing the day-to-day mm-hmm. construction job or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also this idea of what, kind of work man's work is kind of and and especially this has changed uh, generationally which which a lot of things have and for the betterment of society for the betterment Mm -hmm. of mental health of what man's work and what it uh, consists er, consists of yeah um is it is it out there hauling bricks and swinging Mm -hmm. a hammer or can a man's work be uh sitting behind the desk mm-hmm. as an accountant or reception, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think, yeah, or a nurse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's one of those, it's one of those things too. It's, there's a bunch of things that society, uh, to nobody's fault has just embedded in our brain and mm-hmm. in our belief mm-hmm. systems from, from a young age as to, as to what the ideal to any industry person, place, or thing is, mm-hmm. is supposed and how it's supposed to fit into our life, into our own perspective. Do you think that it's caused men to, I like, and as much as we've talked about confusion for women, do you think it's caused confusion for men? Like, were you either like hyper-masculine, which is all the cliches that you just described, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got big trucks and I, you know, I do <laughs> I shoot risky shit. things. I shoot and shit. I, yeah. <laughs> um, to like, you know, an amasculinated, masculinated man who's like, almost afraid to offend, afraid to, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they've lost their mojo. They've lost like that, that, that mm-hmm. strength, that courage. Like to me, I mean, it's, and I get that culturally, probably historically, you know, men felt, well, I need power and respect. So they did it more for, from a, I'm going to take power over people. So taking authority, even if people didn't want to give it right to now being like, well, I'm so afraid to offend. It's like, you know, there's been, you know, this real shift where men are being more feminized, right? Where that's like their drive and their, their inspiration and, and self-respect has shifted. Like the pendulum swung, mm. which it needed to swing, but it, it's almost gone too far. Like, where is that middle ground? Like how, what is a healthy man? Like, how would mm. you describe that for even men, uh, to understand like how do they embrace their masculine and still like you know be honoring of some necessary cultural shifts that that we needed to make to mm-hmm. be respectful of the woman mm-hmm. well i think uh from in an alpha male's perspective mm-hmm. as to what is expected uh just on themselves or with uh their environment it, i think it's caused a lot of chaos mm-hmm. mentally mm-hmm. um to sustain that lifestyle of being the big strong tough guy party right. uh carrying mm-hmm. all the bread and then just mm-hmm. expected to be a person at 
at home as well for your family. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's just caused a lot of uh, mental turmoil Mm -hmm. that some people are are able to sustain for their entire life. They don't, they might not know any different than what it feels to not, to not feel good, to feel anxious, to feel depressed in in their mind. They, They wake up and they've been doing it for 40 years or 50 years or 60 or 80 or 20 years mm-hmm. and then nothing's nothing's changed but at the end of the day there's there's no awareness on the topic and growing up uh maybe some people shied away from theater shied away from mm-hmm. singing shied away from that artistic, artistic. release mm-hmm. and that freedom that we all are born with mm-hmm. and at some point uh, a lot of outside or external circumstances kind of shut us off of that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I know a few people that uh, just started blossoming in in that that uh, that sure. respect mm-hmm. in in like their late 20s or early 30s mm-hmm. taking taking up uh, some dance lessons mm-hmm. maybe that they they always wanted to take from grade six on, but their society and their expectation of them, maybe even their parents or their family, uh, didn't allow them to do that because boys were going to go play hockey and yeah. do manly sports and play yeah. football. Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with that. There's a lot of stimulation in those sports as well. But take, taking away and suffocating that artistic release that as humans that we're naturally inclined to... and that itself takes some some inner digging mm-hmm. to to find that to allow ourselves to go to those places to put ourselves on those uh, stages of discomfort to the point where it actually does become comfortable and and during that self uh, discovery process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going let let's just uh, shift this because that, that kind of segues into something else that I'm looking yeah. forward to chatting about. One is um, I mean we we are talking about the book called The Love Languages. And here's what's really fun. With our group of friends that we hang out with every once in a while, just to have a stimulating night of wine and whiskey and tequila and all those other things, we say, hey, let's play the game of love languages. If there's couples in the room, if there's you know single people in the room, whatever. And we, well, the one night we actually ended up, uh, there was probably, it was really cool. There was, there was probably about nine or ten of us a, a couple men that were single, a couple women that were single, a couple, there was two couples that were married, and then there was also a gentleman there that was uh, one of the guy's dads who was there. But so we, we basically wrote down all what our love languages were, you know, basically the, the I think it was the t- four, no, top two, I can't remember yeah, what it was. Top two. Threw them in a hat, like, like wrote them down folded them up, threw them in a hat. And then what we had to do as a group was as it was read out, we had to actually guess whose it was mm-hmm. as we kind of mm-hmm. knew each other. And if you got it wrong, you had a drink. <laughs> we got drunk. <laughs> but it was really fun because when you talk about love languages and you know, also and the shift in what's happened for masculine feminine roles, female mm-hmm. masculine roles the love language potentially shifts over time too. It's like, okay, well, it used to be that this is the way that I expressed myself. Just physical touch. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Just exactly. Always physical. Yeah. <laughs> Very affectionate. Um, so, and, and, and actually, Chad, did you write them down? I, I think, uh, and, and even on that note, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of couples out there that might not even 
know their partner's True. love languages if you were to dig mm-hmm, and dive right. into it. And there's different levels of, of physical touch. I mean, I know mm-hmm. we say it kind of joking around, and, but everyone kind of starts in the physical touch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But sure. there's there's more to physical touch. Is it? Is it? I mean, I know for myself, like I'm a hugger. I, mm-hmm. I hug. I hug yeah. all everybody I see as soon mm-hmm. as I see them, whether I know them or not. No, I'm just right. kidding. Generally, I do. Know them. <laughs> I do. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, and and it's it's and those are inclined to change and shift like you said mm-hmm. as as we get older you know mm-hmm. maybe quality time is going to mm-hmm. change if, if you have five six kids running around in the yeah, house you know no, with the quality time so there's always going to be something that one of those languages that maybe once was needed that's going to adapt to somebody else in in, in quality time with a kid there's different levels of of love mm-hmm. that comes true. between you and your partner you and a friend or very you true, and your right? kid yeah very true and and it's uh, it's all part of the so discovery. What would be yours right now in the phase that you're in? What would be the and for those that don't know what five love languages are, it's based on a book by Chapman. Yeah. Um, and the five love languages are physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. Thank you, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a couple things about myself with these. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not. I don't need gifts. Mm. Gifts is not one of my, uh, not one of them. Words of affirmation, I do not need. I'd mm-hmm. say that's interesting because a lot of times men, that is, they need to be true. appreciated. They yeah. need to be, which is words, like they need to be told or they're great, they're wonderful, or right. Yeah. No, but that's I think not that, one I think that, No, yeah. I think it's just a, I understand and I know who I am. I know my uh-huh. strengths and I know my weaknesses as well, which are, you know, Continual, continually being <laughs> not, worked not on. We'll make him reveal his weaknesses. Um, I think, in, in, in a lot of ways, it's for me, it's quality time and, and physical touch, but mm-hmm. not, you know, not physical touch to to what where mm-hmm. our mind goes right at the start. It's Sexual. just, it's it's hands. more. Well, yeah. it's not it's Attachment not holding hands. I'm not, I'm not a big I'm not yeah. a big uh, PDA. PDA. I'm what? not a public affection guy. Oh, no, I'm yeah. not at all. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's just, it's just an acknowledgement yeah. of the person mm-hmm. beside you kind of thing with mm-hmm. a, like I said, oh, a hand oh, on the yeah. shoulder or yeah. whatever the case is. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah, those have definitely changed over the years to <laughs> say the least. In fact, I didn't, uh, I didn't know there were love languages in, yeah. in mm-hmm. until about a couple months ago. Oh, there you and go. it's, it's, in, well, hey, there you go. Maybe that's why none of my relationships have worked out. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, I, I think that I helps. learned them a few years ago and I was mm-hmm. shocked. I w- didn't actually think I was a physical touch person. Oh. And I never would have. And when I went through it, I was like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, which my husband's not a cuddler, which is, <laughs> of course, most relationships, you're not in a relationship where your love bucket is fed by the same True. avenue that your your partner is. Mm-hmm. So hence why conflict happens, because you don't feel loved, they don't feel loved, and it's not because you're not loving, you're just not loving in the way that they want to be loved. Mm-hmm. So there's real you know, blessing in understanding that for sure. Um, so what do you think, what do women need to understand you know, whether it's around love languages or even just where, where men are, like, what do you think that, what do Mm. women need to understand? What do, what do men need? Well, in a lot of ways, I, I don't think a lot of men know what they need. <laughs> Good. Um, so, see, yeah, I don't know how, yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. True. And I don't know how Good many answer. times that uh, a man probably gets asked, uh, questions that they don't know the answer to what are you looking for what are you doing here kind of thing and I think women need to understand that no matter what the 
the book on the cover says mm. there's a lot more inside that mm-hmm. you know, and and that's there's probably still a lot of self understanding and self discovery mm. to happen within that male before that expression or that mm-hmm. understanding from an external source in this case being the female mm-hmm. uh, to to be able to dig and to be able to touch those manly emotions mm-hmm. that we uh, I guess naturally are inclined to hide. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That brings up a a really Uh interesting... um, I went to... uh, Actually, it was an online... I watched a video. It was like a a marriage um, course kind of thing, but it's... uh, I think his name is... I can't remember the name of the... If you if you know the story, you'll understand who it is, but anyways, it's it's quite a, a few years back. But he talks about men... Men and women's brains, basically, and that men have a, what we call a nothing box, where they do a task and they always just want to get back to their, no- their nothing box, oh, right? interesting. So hmm. women who have, they don't really have a nothing box, they have many boxes, <laughs> and they're always bouncing between different boxes, trying to figure things out. Mm. And so for women, like I know in my own relationship, like I'm trying to figure things out and understand things, and I can't understand when I ask a question, like you said, that I get like a like a, a so I don't know response. I'm like, yeah. well, how do you not know? Like I'm thinking about all the things and my boxes are going <laughs> all over the place. And for men, it's like, no, I just want to do the task and I want to get back into my nothing box. And I'm like, well, what is in the nothing box? <laughs> nothing. Like you're literally just sitting there thinking nothing. Like well, how is that possible? <laughs> and the worst question you can ask a man is what are you thinking? <laughs> right. What's on your mind? Okay, there, the, the, the response is nothing. That. So you have to remember they're in their nothing Sometimes box. Sometimes it's And nothing. that's actually where they want to be. <laughs> It's like, really? No, no it's not. You're thinking about this, and then you're thinking about that. I know you're thinking about this. No. Right. So, you know, the difference between men and women's brains. But, um, and not to say that women have, it, like, even if we don't really have a big nothing box, we, it's not to say that we haven't figured it out either. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, even in that analogy of, you know, when I ask that, would, you know, what do men want? Or when I ask my husband, what is it that you need? Or how can I help you? Or whatever that question might be that requires some more deep Thinking. Insight, yeah. insight. Yeah. It's often difficult to kind of pull it out. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there is an element where... He, um, he needs to go and like process and think and like mm-hmm. you know sure, it sure. takes time to like like really cultivate that and figure it out mm-hmm. um, and maybe society culturally we don't really support that we want you know the right now give me the answer right now there's impatience around it um, but it you know that that idea of you know and probably there's a number of reasons why men may not necessarily know, maybe because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. they're afraid of making assumptions, um, they're afraid of, you know, and it's not even like, sometimes I think they're navigating, if I say what I really want to say, you know, how will that be received, right? Mm -hmm. So it's better to say nothing um, than, you know, to say maybe what they're truly feeling, which again, stems, and this is probably not a cultural or even time, I think it's probably been a long-term mm-hmm. thing between the difference in men and women's brains. Yeah, mm. totally. But, I don't know, do you think men's women, men and women's brains are different? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did write a book, Men Are From Mars. Are from <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's been going on for a while. Um, yeah. So what is it that, now I know... There was, yeah. Yeah, like... There were some other things that we wanted yeah. to, to... What do you think that yeah. women... 
knowing that, so first of all, okay, maybe one of the things to know is when your man, you know, doesn't have an answer to something, it's not because he doesn't want to answer. He genuinely doesn't know. Mm. Maybe doesn't understand, doesn't, you know, is afraid of how to respond. But what is it that you think that women need to understand more about men where maybe there has been more conflict or more disconnection that what is it what could you impart that you know you think would help people to to maybe navigate that better uh, well i think in a lot of cases in, in any any sort of event that happens to anybody or where they're thrown off there there's always a time to process and if there's a controversy in a relationship or if something happens at work where it's a bad day kind of thing and, and a man or, or a woman for that matter comes home in a mood that is maybe out of character, then I think there's just always a processing uh, for that individual to really understand why do they feel that way. Mm-hmm. And there's behind every emotion of anger or sadness, there's always something underlying mm-hmm. and generally for males it's it's i'd say uh speaking from my own perspective it's multiple things that have just added up over time that create that crack mm-hmm. and maybe females are better at expressing their emotions mm-hmm. uh if something's on their mind or if something's right in front of their face they'll say it mm-hmm. maybe a male will just look at it just add it to the pile kind of thing and wait for that bucket to overflow before right. before things kind of fall apart and crumple, which is which is very unfortunate, mm-hmm. um, just from a, a mental health perspective or health perspective in general, mm-hmm. and maybe even the healthiness of a communicative relationship. True, true. Communication is key. I was uh, reading a book called Attached last year. Uh, well, listen to it. And then I think I bought it and read it a little bit because it was really good. But it, it defined or it talked about profiling in relationships, but it's hard because the profiling wasn't masculine, feminine based. Mm-hmm. It was just a profile mm-hmm. of who, what kind of a person are you in a relationship? Or, and you described t- a typical male, which is someone who requires to pull back, be quiet, have alone time, process stuff, whatever. And then mm-hmm. a female, typically is a little bit more anxious. Oh, I want to talk about it. Oh, well, let's figure it mm-hmm. out. Oh, I want to have a resolution. I can't, you know, it's... Right. And, and he was talking about how that's not very supportive mm-hmm. in a relationship, like, or, and or to know your style, mm-hmm. understand a style, and then communicate effectively saying, hey, I'm a little, this is how I'm probably going to process this. And right. Well, I think... How the, do we support each other? Yeah, the communication's key because mm-hmm. silence, like for a woman who wants to maybe process things, silence is the same, is, is, it's like being ignored. Like mm-hmm. there's no resolution. There's no solution. Mm-hmm. It's just, Mass you know, so it's actually like, it's okay to have time, but it's also important to say I'm processing yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I need time and give mm-hmm. me this time and I'll come back to you mm-hmm. and have the conversation mm-hmm. rather than waiting for the next event where the, you know, the woman is like, you know, exacerbated again saying, how is this still happening? Nothing's changed. Mm-hmm right? Mm-hmm. Still waiting patiently or mm-hmm. not patiently. Um, I think that the bottom line is communication. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that questioning can feel a little bit invasive from, <laughs> right. from a male's No, I've never been called an interrogator <laughs> and, ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and there's, and 
and when a male is going through something and a female is going through something, <laughs> yeah. the, the energy exchange isn't always uh, so true. ideal. Yeah. There's, there's an imbalance that yeah. is felt by both parties. Yeah, right. And for that matter, anybody else that might be in the house or in the room yeah. or right. or yeah. sensing things from a, from right. a different dimension. But that's right. a totally yeah. different yeah. topic. That's a different <laughs> yeah. topic. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. yeah, that's a real fun topic too, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think we were touching on love languages and then we skipped into some other stuff, but I, w- I want to go into, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier, but what is attractive? I mean, the hardest part is we're asking you to speak for males in general, men in gen- general, mm-hmm. but there's, I think if anything, it's, um, yeah. What do you find? What do you find attractive from, I guess we could go like friendship perspective, um, career perspective, and then romantic relationship perspective in a female. Mm-hmm. So what would that be? Uh, and again, it's it shifted over years, but I think I'm starting to have this a little bit dialed in at mm-hmm. my age for what I want, what I see. Um, the three main things are independence, uh, intelligence, and there has to be an energetic presence about mm-hmm. them, if that makes sense. Chemistry? Chemistry, Would you yeah. call that chemistry? Uh, not necessarily. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. From an independent standpoint, if, if a person is okay with being alone and doing things alone, then they're going to have a different energy than somebody who is, say, looking for a partner to complete them, not so oh, okay. much I already see. being completed. Um, for myself, I'm, I, I find it attractive to somebody who has kind of been through, you know, maybe a rough patch, maybe this, and, and has had to climb their way out of things and has built themselves to, to what they are today. And, and throughout life, naturally, we're all going to experience something that's going to test us, mm-hmm. challenge us, and define us mm-hmm. in some ways, not necessarily as a person, but how we react to, mm-hmm. to uh, those circumstances that not necessarily we created, could be something external, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, to, to come back be able to come back to center and say, how do I get myself out of this situation that mm-hmm. I had some kind of, uh, some kind of hand in, in creating. Hmm. Interesting. Someone say that's the point of life. There well, you go. Yeah. <laughs> not to suffer, but to grow, yeah. right? For yeah. sure. Have opportunities for growth. Um, what about, um, what is attractive in a female or a woman, not romantically, but maybe in someone who's career oriented? What, what do you find attractive? Uh, somebody who is attractive to me in a career perspective or a friendship is mm-hmm. is they have their own definition of success. Uh, yeah. It's it's not what you see on social media. It's mm-hmm. not uh, what you see on television. I mean, as humans, we walk around and we see three, five thousand uh, advertisements a day mm-hmm. that tell us maybe how we're supposed mm-hmm. to look, how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to dress. And the authenticity of somebody mm-hmm. is, it, it, to me, they have their own definition of success. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just waking up and enjoying the day mm-hmm. to uh, all the way to somebody having a multi-million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever that is, if it comes from a place of internal gratification instead of external what everybody else and society or... Uh, what they saw somebody else do and they're just following in that footsteps and maybe their, their heart feels like they're on mm-hmm. the wrong path, but everybody and everything around them that they've built have told them that they're on the mm-hmm. right path. So I guess, uh, internal gratification to, to answer. Like self-assured, yes. being self-assured. Yes. Okay. Um, which actually, when I think about 
that's probably uniform with men and women in that, you know, when I think about the most attractive men, now mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. even from a, a business perspective or anything, meaning the, the desire to be in relationship, that doesn't, you know, that can mean anything, yeah. um, friendship. Um, it is confidence, right? Being mm-hmm. self-assured and knowing who you are and knowing what you're trying to create, what you're, uh, what you're doing, feeling confident in what you're doing, which is maybe you don't have it all figured out. And maybe you're, um, you know, there's not to say that we don't go through trials and tribulations, but it's a sense of being self-assured enough to know who you are um, so that no matter what obstacle comes, you know, to be able to get through it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. It's how you carry yourself. You can, it's body language. You mm-hmm. can tell by somebody walking in a room how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's not, not by their clothes. I mean, they could be wearing the same clothes, like two different outfits in the same, or two similar outfits or the same outfit on two different people. And how you will feel about those two people will be completely different based on how they're standing, their mannerisms, mm-hmm. um, how they carry themselves, right? Well, and I think everybody's experienced that energetic shift of somebody mm-hmm. walking into the room that's naturally elevating everybody, right. or you can feel that. Uh, energy vampire that just right. or that energy black hole that just brings the energy down kind of right. thing and I think when it comes to love and there's there's different aspects of it um, to me in in a lot of cases if you're with somebody and it lasts for x amount of time and everything afterwards maybe it didn't work out mm-hmm. but there's still a loving friendship maybe that mm-hmm. takes place afterwards or a loving respect it's just Maybe there was uh, a time when they just came where it was. It was uh, one person went one way and one person went the other way. And one person was elevating and one person was staying stagnant. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they, there's a dislike that they're not together Mm -hmm. anymore. And that, that uh, loving energy just, it should, it should last forever. And both parties are just happy it happened kind of deal. And even though it wasn't this forever Cinderella story, Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, always throughout our life. There's always going to be different uh, mixes and matches when it mm-hmm. comes to the soulmate mm-hmm. of that time mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. space. It's actually a good question, and this may get off sort of a male, female, masculine putting mm-hmm. chat on the hot seat. But yeah. this is uh, it, the question is around um, the marriage and divorce rates that are that are happening and and potentially and again we have to keep i have to keep referencing this is a north american conversation Mm. but um because culturally things are different in different countries and Mm -hmm. you know different people but um and they have different requirements they have different expectations Mm -hmm. but um why do you think that from a masculine or a male female perspective why do we think that why is marriage is not lasting as, as long and why are they not as satisfying anymore? Like, what, what do you guys think? Like, cause I, I mean, it's like the here and now in the last mm-hmm. 20 years in the next 15, 20 years. I think in a lot of it could be to do with communication. Like we mm-hmm. just said, they probably, True. maybe they don't even know each other's love languages, what makes mm-hmm. them yeah. tick. True. And uh, again, there could be a stagnancy that's felt by one of them mm-hmm. and one wants to continue to elevate and then there's they're just not on the same page mm-hmm. kind of deal mm-hmm. and people have maybe got into relationships 
that you know you're young you get you get married in your early 20s well a lot happens from your early mm-hmm. 20s to your early 30s to your early 40s mm-hmm. experiences and uh, mentally we're always changing mm-hmm. and there's always again there's always external factors that are gonna that are going to affect uh, mm-hmm. the way that we we feel where we should be in in a certain certain period of our lives Mm -hmm. and so I mean to me it's not surprising about the divorce races that's Mm -hmm. something that uh, that's something that was embedded into a North American society that it this is what you do by by a certain age yeah yeah I I think that there's I mean I agree uh, I agree with that I think that sometimes we go you know people go into relationships and maybe accelerate relationships meaning have, you know, buy a house or get married or have kids, maybe for the wrong reasons. Um, Well, this will fix it, this will fix it, this will fix it. But I also think that there's, I mean, this is a part of that whole codependency of, you know, we're looking for a partner to complete us, Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. You know, old Jerry Maguire, uh, you complete (laughs) me. Um, When the reality is we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because nobody can be the thing or the person or the, you know, so we're always we're always putting our love in this conditional box where I'm only going to love you if no. yeah. you behave a certain way, you do a certain th- way thing, you, you say it, you know, certain way things or whatever mm-hmm. meaning. Um, and so we're always putting that relationship in, in um, kind of almost like limbo or jeopardy in the sense that it's tenuous to whether or not the other person is going to do what they want. And, you know, in the beginning, people are more motivated to do that, yeah, yeah. right? It's a honeymoon phase. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can overlook things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as it, you know, continues on, then it's like, oh, that starts to annoy me now. And I don't like it when you do that. And that's not okay. And, yeah. you know, and so, and mm-hmm. then when you don't do that, I don't get validated. I don't feel good about me. And I need you to be this way because I need you to, you know, I need you to support me or fix me or I need to fix you or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people are just like, well, you're not going to be who I want you to be, then I'm out, mm-hmm. right? And so there's always that sense of people feel vulnerable, like I can't fully be me because that person's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which I think, like I often, um, and I've had this experience in my own relationship where we've had to have the discussion and I often suggest it to my patients too, where I'm like, have you had the conversation? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to mm-hmm. make it work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because unless all your chips are on the table, mm-hmm. yeah. and if you've got one foot out of the door, you're yeah. never fully willing to do all exactly. the work. And work means that you may have to deal with your own shit. Like 100%. You're, you're going to have to look at your stuff. Yeah. It, not 100%. if. It, it is. That's yeah. what it means. It That's means what it means. Dealing with your own yeah. stuff isn't more scary yeah. than losing that person. Yeah. yeah. And if you're willing to do whatever it takes, I don't care what a relationship goes through, you can get through it. As soon as one person's like, well, I'm not. And and maybe one person is, but the other person has to be too. Mm -hmm. And that's why it comes down to, first of all, even before working through something, saying, are you willing? And if they say no, then what's the point? What's the point? And if they say yes, then it's being accountable to that. So then when something comes up and say, okay, well, this is what's required... And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, remember that conversation we had where you said you were willing? Yeah. You not doing this is telling me you're not. Yeah. So where are you? And mm-hmm. so, because then people feel open enough mm-hmm. to actually be vulnerable on that, to do the work. Yeah. Otherwise, they're always kind of protecting themselves, like, because nobody wants to get hurt. No. So hence the reason why I've gone a lot of time between relationships is because... Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, ooh, not sure I want that accountability, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm not ready for me as the mirror reflection in the relationship because it's really just that mirror reflection. Right. It's saying, okay, am I willing to be in front of myself for this relationship? Because that's right. what you're saying. It's like somebody says, hey, Crystal, we're, this is, we're going through this trouble. This is what is going on. This is what I need, require, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to sit there and go, am I willing to grow in that area? Mm-hmm for this person. Right. Right. And so I think maybe the reason why that relationships are a little bit more transient and a little bit less long-term. And to be honest with mm-hmm. you, I, the whole fairy tale, meet them, live out your mm-hmm. life, happy and joyful and whatever I think is bullshit anyway. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a desired choice, choice to continue to cultivate mm-hmm. and grow within yourself within that relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the question that needs to be answered before you get in relationship is, am I willing to grow? This person's going to ask me to grow. That's mm-hmm. what personal yeah. relationships are for. Right. They're going to, just by being who they are, mm-hmm. is going to inspire me, ideally challenge me, and, and am I willing to be challenged? Mm-hmm. Right? And can I handle that? So I think the potential is the marriages these days aren't because a lot of people actually haven't cultivated that tenacity. They're Mm -hmm. not making the commitment to themselves in the relationship to the growth that's going to happen. They just sit on the sidelines saying, well, you change. Yeah. And when you change, then I'll participate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When the reality is it's actually, you both need to be in there. You both need to be doing your work. It always takes two people and the challenges that one person has is different than the other. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not a, but even, you know, maybe there's one person that's really, you know, let's say they had an affair or they've, um, you know, they've, whatever, they had a gambling addiction or something that was really inappropriate. There still would have been things within the relationship that, that other spouse maybe had tolerated that they didn't recognize or Mm. they blew off or, or maybe even when it did happen, like meaning you're not responsible for how your spouse behaves or what they do. But there is going to be growth in that process to recognize why is this person in my life right now? Mm-hmm. Why? How did like where did I come to? What is the growth that I need to go through mm-hmm. that led me to this situation? Not taking ownership for their stuff because that's mm-hmm. theirs, but still recognizing what is what's in me that I would um, not consciously but even mm-hmm. unconsciously yeah. find mm-hmm. myself here. Yeah, and I think a mm-hmm. lot of people end up settling for for something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that they they don't deserve. Uh, you hear a lot of stories of people ending up with the same man or the same woman time and time mm-hmm. again um, with the same bad habits or the same uh, behaviors mm-hmm. that, again, are, are right. inappropriate. And it's just it's this perpetual cycle that a person needs to take that time and sit and, and how am I always attracting this same man or yeah. how am I always attracting this same woman mm-hmm. into my life? Mm-hmm. And some of that, it, it comes with self-discovery and being mm-hmm. able to actually be alone with yourself, yeah. maybe love yourself, which True. is a scary place to be in, mm-hmm. in, in some places, <laughs> cases if you're not used to it. So Forgive yourself. Uh, hearing the sound of your own thoughts can uh-huh. be, it can be a scary place. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as you get used to it mm-hmm. and you learn to love it. Maybe it becomes a little bit addicting. I in was going to say sometimes that's yeah. also, you know, the, the, the reservation around getting back in a relationship is honestly, it's like, I really just like being alone, mm-hmm. you know, or I, I, I'm get comfortable with, with your process and routine. Yeah. And, yeah. Process routine, whatever. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think the, the, 
stepping into that, stepping into the personal relate. And, and then there's some people that are just, and I probably would have been this description when I was younger too, is they couldn't not, not be in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? And then at one point I was like, okay, Chad, the, you know, you described the whole attracting the same type of man thing was definitely me. And I'm like, okay, I need to back off because, and figure out why I'm, how I'm doing this, what's, what's going on. And, but from a male perspective, I want to chat about one thing is I find men suck at being alone. Like they mm-hmm. often need to be stimulated by women, women on a regular basis, whether that's in a relationship, but still have a harem of women mm-hmm. or a girlfriend or whatever. And, or they're out of a relationship and, you know, two weeks later, a month later, whatever, they're into another one. What would be the reason why a man couldn't be alone? Uh, to be- to be alone with your your thoughts and emotions, like I said, can yeah. can be a scary place. And from if if that's the case, there could have been they could have been in and out of a relationship from the time they were fourteen years old mm-hmm. into their thirties, and and not knowing any different yeah. can and not being able to I guess function, and maybe they're chasing those survival and primal instincts that we have mm-hmm. as humans and mm-hmm. trying to satisfy this this physical need mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. uh, to fill that gap or that void for their, for their own security. So mm, it's, to be it's, adored or to yeah, be... that's right. Mm, yeah. And it's, it's <clears throat> for males, it's, I guess for some, in some cases we're we're not on this, this time frame of, we have to be with somebody and in order to, to have kids mm-hmm. or whatever, whereas, whereas women are under, under more pressure if that's what they want to, mm, to decide kind of thing. And if, if a male wants that, they can still have that at, at yeah. in their late forties if, if, oh, yeah. if they want, you know, mm-hmm. and, and naturally come into that. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, the, the whole alone thing is, is just a, mm-hmm. a security and maybe, maybe to satisfy, to satisfy. Do you think it's needs. harder for men to not just, not just have aloneness, but actually admit things or really look, you know, have that self-reflection. Mm. Is that because it's seen as weakness? It's seen as, um, like, like men should have it all together. They shouldn't show that they've, you know, that they, you know, are feeling vulnerable or, you know, like I just, you know, and is that come right from that cliche when you're a child and your dad's like, don't cry or, you know, man up or is that, is that where that comes from? Like, is it also a product of, the cultural idea of that, you know, why men have a hard time being vulnerable. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's definitely some of that um, from a male's perspective. When, for, or sorry, from Chad's perspective, not necessarily <laughs> yeah. a male's perspective. I mean, I personally have never felt like that's something that I needed to feel complete. Mm-hmm. Um, any relationships been 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 great to have, kind of thing, but I. I don't think that comes from anything societal. I think it just comes from uh, something personal that is, there's maybe a gap that, that needs filling. Maybe um, there wasn't enough attention uh, growing up, maybe in, in high school there, there wasn't any uh, enough attention from, from the ladies or yeah. the women. And then in college, the same thing. Mm-hmm. So when there is that connection and there is that mm-hmm. uh energy that takes place or whatever as soon as they feel the slip of that breaking off Mm -hmm. well then that's that's an discomfort zone Mm -hmm. that just 
there has to be something to come fill that gap, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. What do you think men are really looking for? <laughs> oh, that's a big question. <laughs> that's a scary question. <laughs> um, I think uh, men are just looking for uh, support, both both mm. mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally. Okay. And that a lot of that again might be might be masked, mm. but there's I think males do crave uh, somebody truly knowing who they are mm. as a person outside of what's seen uh, from an external standpoint. Mm. Expectations. Yes. But man, you know that's a big wall mm-hmm. to let down, though. Like I know there's a lot of men in that I've met, not just through personal relationships, but men that if they want that, they got to be vulnerable to actually share, you know, like it's, it's, Hey, if you want somebody to actually know who you are, you've got to actually let them in. Well, and you actually got to know yourself. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> and there's, there's probably a, a lot of self discovering that needs to go on. And a True. lot of, a lot of us, uh, men and women mm-hmm. might, might know, what needs to be discovered, but not necessarily know the how to kind of deal. Yeah. How, how to do the digging. True. And true. So let's, let's go there. <laughs> so let's say there's women listening to this and maybe men, um, you know, that's either in a relationship, wanting to be in a relationship, um, and getting, you know, hitting obstacles around that or, mm. or in conflict in a marriage or a relationship mm. where there, you know, what are practical ways that women can support their, their partner, their spouse, or the, you know, if they're coming into a relationship and wanting to cultivate a healthy relationship, like what are things that, what do you, what do you want your, your, your woman, woman to, to do, do for you. Yeah, your woman that, to do. What does that look like? Because um, I, I get you, and I can see that in my husband. Like, I think, you know, part of the acknowledgement and seeing him and, you know, it is around support. And, mm. um, and you know, that is the healthiest thing. We're here, we're, as a spouse, I'm, I'm not here to fix him. I'm here to support him, encourage mm. him, build mm. him up. Mm. Um, so tell me in your perspective, what is that like if you're like, I want my woman to do this? Mm. Good point. Good question. Uh, I mean, for myself, mm-hmm. I, I understand in, in any relationship, there's going to be a compromise kind of deal. For me, if, if I'm going to be in a relationship, uh, there just has to be something that comes naturally, naturally to that. It has to be that natural connection to understand that in my life right now, I want the elevation and to mm-hmm. be able to still still feel free while, while in a relationship and have that natural understanding and that things are going to, to shift and change. And next week it might be dating a different person, mm-hmm. uh, due to some, some growth that took place or, you know, and, and so you downfalls. want your woman to let you date other people, other people? I'm just Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me clarify what no. you just said there. Yeah. No. But no, as a single person, like you said, the elevation yeah. is that there may be a desire to date other people that are different or whatever, right? So is it a matter of, like, let's say, you know, you're going through a process as a man and, um, you know, you're, let's say that that woman is working and growing and expanding and trying to, you know, cultivate herself and her man's stagnant. Mm -hmm. There's a good, right. So how does, 
because I women try and like, what do I do? How do mm, I motivate him? How do I get him to eat better or to exercise or to take care of himself or follow his dreams or whatever, mm-hmm, cultivate mm-hmm. his friendships? Like there are tangible things where we know that they're suffering. Yeah. You know that they're struggling and telling them doesn't help. <laughs> well, so, yeah, go on that point, mm-hmm. just naturally males and anybody doesn't like getting preached to. So I think there's a way to do things. And sometimes it, it may even be a voice from outside of the relationship that, that has to be True. heard in order for there to be any kind of comprehension or understanding or else it just, oh yeah, I heard that yesterday. Oh yeah, I heard that <laughs> last week. And, it, and it's coming from, mm-hmm. from the same voice in the same place. At the same mm-hmm. time, uh, a woman can also adjust her attack on the situation and, mm-hmm. and strategize a little bit differently and same 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 goes for for males as well mm-hmm. uh i i can't speak for anybody's relationships but mm-hmm. i i know myself as a male i'm i'm a continual project myself mm-hmm. that, that i have to continually work on uh, viewing things from other people's perspectives mm-hmm. and not necessarily my own shoes mm-hmm. but it, what am i going to say how would somebody perceive that? And how would I perceive that if I was this person hearing it from me kind oh, of thing? Yeah. So there's, there's oh, definitely yeah, a different mm-hmm. and different, different strategy, different approach. If, mm-hmm. if the same, the same saying or the same question hasn't been registering for 22 years, yeah. well, you need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. You know? true. But it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. a never ending project. Do you have a situation where maybe you've been in a, a time where things have been more difficult or you were struggling and either a way that helped you through that or a way that didn't help in, in something that you wished it would have been like that would have been helpful if this happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had just like anybody, I've had my ups and downs in my life. And I remember I was hearing kind of the same thing from the same, same person in my life. And then all of a sudden I, I heard it was a voice. It was, it was my auntie's voice actually. And there was, there was a, she came and she just, the simple words of you need to forgive yourself, Chad. Mm-hmm. And, and just hearing those words from somebody else kind of outside of, not she, not just outside of my circle, but it was just a different, different mm-hmm. voice, different perspective. And then something just clicked. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's, it's a matter of hearing different words in a different tone from, mm-hmm. from a different person mm-hmm. uh, to be, that they can put those barriers, invisible barriers that we place around ourselves down and allow us to just mm-hmm. step forward and move forward from uh, any situation that's happened in our life. So would you say that in a in a committed relationship, if you see your husband, spouse, your boyfriend, whoever, struggling, one of the better one of the good things to do is maybe reach out to a, someone else and say, "Hey, would you mind chatting with him?" Or would this is do you think that that's appropriate? Do you think it's like because I'm trying to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in this scenario, how do you support him if it's not you? Uh, depending on on the relationship, because there's uh, the relationship of the person that you're allowing in. Oh right? yeah. Because if there's something really personal going on, um, yeah. I know males may naturally be inclined to keep that to themselves. So if all of a sudden sure. there's a voice coming that it's like, hey, yeah. the only way you would have known that is, is if this. my wife or my girlfriend or somebody or whoever else uh, mm-hmm. the, the situation was told told yeah. them about that and told them the details about it. So mm-hmm. there's... Definitely some strategizing that would yeah. have to happen before a third party was brought mm-hmm. in. But I personally, I, I don't think it's a, it's bad. It's a bad thing to even maybe suggest to them 
to reach out to this somebody person else, yeah. or somebody that's been in that in that situation, yeah. something similar mm-hmm. that has maybe overcome or is in a position where that person desires to be at one point. Right. right. Which comes back to willingness. I mean yeah, at it the does. end of the day if, accountability. If, if you know if that if your partner, if that person is not you know, you can suggest all the things under the sun, you can but unless there's willingness doesn't matter honestly that's actually a big reason why that I had stayed in a relationship for a lot longer than I it's not that that I should have it it was actually the time the amount of time it was supposed to be it was because even as much as that person was working on stuff or not there was a massive amount of willingness there Mm -hmm. I'm like okay there's willingness there's action there's participation Mm -hmm. still some struggle but so it was I stayed in the relationship longer Mm -hmm because of that it's like i have all the patience in the world for someone who's willing right and open to hear it even if they're struggling to get it mm-hmm. you know but if there's no willingness there i'm out right i'm like no this is why am i why would i waste my time yeah. well mm-hmm. and and obviously the unspoken speaks louder than the spoken <laughs> right um they, you know you can say all the right things but there has to be action there has yeah, to be follow true. through mm-hmm. um and it's i mean i come from the background uh, you know uh, being a christian that you know marriage is you know very there's all sorts of perceptions around that and ironically you know there's just many divorces in christian relationships than non-christian so that's true you know that that's not um so there might be more guilting and shaming i was gonna say there's a a lot a a very big different feeling around it right yeah um but it has also cultivated a sense of of really like you know once I got married like there was a real sense of like the like I've committed to this yeah um like it was a a formality of a decision in my heart Mm -hmm. right now people have all sorts of perceptions around marriage but to me it's you know I was declaring that not just to everybody and to God but to myself right Mm -hmm. Um, where it was a real sense of, of willingness and commitment. And, and it does take, you know, an extra step in that mm-hmm. sense of, all right, like, it's like anything, you know, if you're trying to quit smoking, but you don't tell anybody, you have nobody to be accountable to, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So when you've made that commitment, when you've declared that, when you've, when you've stepped into that space, there, you know, you, it does enter into a deeper level of commitment, so there's more of a tendency to maybe work through things in a marriage than maybe in just a common law relationship or, you know, work on things if you have children versus, you know, not having children. Well, I was going to ask from a male's perspective, you know, what do men move into marriage with from a commitment perspective? I mean, again, this is a general question, so it's, it's not even so much. Mm-hmm. It's just a roundtable conversation yeah. because, I, you know, and it's... I think it's individual. I mean, I'm answering mm-hmm. the question. I'm just actually like, it's every individual's, but in general, it's like, okay, well, if a man actually gets married, what does that mean to them? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I think it is based on what they grew up in, what their mm-hmm. parents were, what their, what that home life looked like, how healthy their parents' marriage is, um, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's the model. Mm-hmm. I think no matter what we think growing up, I'm never going to be like my parents. And then, Sure enough, you find yourself in situations where you're like, "Why am I acting like this?" Yeah, um, I think there's a you know there's a joke that goes around too. It's like, "Oh, this is your last weekend of freedom before yeah. you get married," kind of thing. And so I think in some 
joking way that that there is this level of freedom when you're you're not married but once you officially tie the knot then there's commitments and then kids come along and then you know different things become your priorities Mm -hmm. which in a lot of cases uh for the better Mm -hmm. you know you have (laughs) yeah there might be a little less uh drinking time with your Mm -hmm. buddies or to be out and about causing trouble which dials people back and and gives them a different perspective so Mm -hmm. for a male to to be married when they are used to being single up until they met their their one or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is Mm -hmm. then yeah there's going to be there's going to be a shift in perspective as Mm to and and like i said for the better what becomes important and what becomes your main focus is is mm-hmm. going to change. Do you think men get excited about that? Like, I'm mm-hmm. I, culturally, I'm wondering: do do men get excited? Hey, I get to actually be more committed. I actually uh, get to, I be, you know. Well, I think just as you were saying that, I was like, the perception I think culturally is that you're losing freedom. But for mm-hmm. me, I feel way more free being married. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying free in my like commitment I'm saying free in who I am yeah. Yeah. because suddenly it's like I have my person yeah. that I've committed to and they love me yeah. unconditionally yeah. I mean we're all trying to yeah. um, which means I get to have way more freedom to just be me because I'm not worried about what is that person I gotta you know I gotta impress this person I don't mm-hmm. know you know like there's all that like I think about in my 20s like how I you morph right with different people in different situations whereas like I got really comfortable in my skin because I wasn't worried about all of the, you know, extra, exact yeah. expectations extra and yeah. impressions. And, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think that's what culture tells you. Yeah. Well, I think marriage is just a title as well. I mean, I know people who have been common law yeah. for 40 years. They got three kids. They're, mm-hmm. they're more married than a married man. Yeah. You know? I guess that's in, what I mean. In a lot of cases, it's, it's just a, a title. And on the same token, I know people who have had three kids and, and then afterwards, 10 years into it, then they, they got engaged and they feel better about their relationship because before, up to that point, they may have felt like they had one foot out the door. Mm, so then once that that mm. is that commitment's made mm. and it, there's a ring on the finger, whether the actual wedding's happened or not, mm-hmm. at least there's that understanding. And in a lot of cases, they've felt like it's helped the relationship and because yeah. there's less, there's less tension, there's right. less questioning, unknowing. Yeah. yeah. There's less questioning. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because I have my, one of my oldest, my oldest nephew, I'll never forget. He was 19, moved in with me for a couple of years to go to school. And, and then, you know, and he, from the youngest age that he, uh, pre, you know, when he started dating people, he just wanted to find his wife, you know, yeah. like he was really just, he was disappointed by the social scene when he started actually getting out and meeting people he's like I don't like the social scene I just want to meet my wife and and honestly and he was excited about that whole process Mm -hmm. along the way and he's now married to his absolute love of his life and he's 27 I think um and they've had their first child but that's extremely rare and I I guess it's just a matter of um I think in general I think men don't intentionally commit they accidentally commit mm. like they don't go oh i'm i'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. about having this child they accidentally have a child then they get married and oh i gotta mm-hmm. i gotta fulfill it fulfill it fulfill it with the but they don't in general mm-hmm. it's it's hard i've it's not often i've met men that actually say no i want that commitment they pursue it they uh, they get mm-hmm. it and, you know well and again i think that maybe it's a product of 
you know, even just this idea of, you know, men, men need, needing to sow their oats or what are they, what's the term? <laughs> yep, like, sow their oats. <laughs> you know, they just need to like, you know, play the field or like that they're just supposed to be this really like, you know, non-committal, all about fun, um, you know, cultural norm. Um, so then, you know, and you even see it in maybe men who got married early and then they get divorced and then it's like, oh, I've had children now. I just want to like, you know, just have fun for the rest of my life. But there's so much more that relationships, especially deeper relationships, intimate relationships provide. Yeah. And yeah, is is it complicated? Absolutely. But when you can be in a, in an intimate committed relationship and you can really deepen that connection to another human being Mm -hmm. and you can be vulnerable Man, you can get so much growth and and so much so much joy. more satisfying than sowing your oats. Yeah, mm-hmm. it actually yeah. is. It's because yes. it's, it's, we're like, built for that. Yeah. We're built for soulful connections. Yes, is I my my most favorite place to be. Even though I'm single right now, my most favorite place to be ever has been in a great relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not a relationship, mm-hmm. but in one that's sat, that's cultivating and satisfying and intriguing and interesting and pulling me out of my comfort zones and. You know, it's, it's my favorite place and it's fun. That actually is fun. Being single is not fun. I don't know. What about you, Chad? What do you think? Is being single fun? I mean, hey, I've, <laughs> I, as his face goes yeah. right. I, I mean, I enjoy waking up and doing my day to day and always having that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's satisfying in, in its own way. Uh, personally, like I, I know there's more to this life. Whether it's for me to to settle down with a wife mm-hmm. and have kids and do the whole the whole the whole song and dance is I guess kind of up up in the air. Um, and again, I've never been in a big big hurry for that kind of thing, which is again mm-hmm. why I'm here at 32, single mm-hmm. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I've had great people come in in and out of my life, mm-hmm. and I cherish uh, a lot of the relationships. Uh, dearly and mm-hmm. and to this day have you know sustained very good friendship with with some of them but it for me it's i it sometimes gets a little bit much mm-hmm. and, and you don't you know you get tired of so-called chad stuff kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's just you know you dealing with it and whatnot and there's mm-hmm. there's there's more to this like you said there's a soulful uh, connection, um, but a lot of it too is there's this societal thing uh, that you said going to sow your oats, all mm-hmm. that kind. Of, that that's not it's not sustainable in itself. Right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of crash mentally and physically yeah, that true. come that come with mm-hmm. uh, going out and about and true. chasing, and mm-hmm. so I mean that that side um, as well as the societal expectation of, of jumping into the other end of things kind of comes with its, its own, uh, mental stress as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, like I said, for me, if, if the right thing comes along and it it makes Mm -hmm. sense, then, then yes. And if it doesn't Mm -hmm. great, I'm, I'm very happy being alone and have become this, uh, um, yeah, fully functional introverted person. (laughs) (laughs) Highly functioning introvert. I think that's, you know, part of why, authentic relationships take time in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that our society really, I think, has shifted to is instant gratification, right? Mm-hmm. We want instant relationship. 
Um, and so sometimes that tends to cause people to move through the mm-hmm. stages of relationship really fast no. before they've had Are you the talking maturity. About what? what? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> we'll get to talk about this later. <laughs> um, and I think that that's, you know, the design of relationship is that we're meant to be emotionally, mentally connected to somebody yeah. before we become physically connected. True. Uh, that the physical connection is an expression of the yeah. mental emotional connection. But culture's done it opposite, right? The one night stand, it's like you're physically connected, then there's an expectation to be yeah, emotionally true. connected. Yeah. And then people are like, why is this not working out? Why does this feel so different? Why is this messed up? It's because there is an authentic process, process that we all yeah. intuitively feel yeah. that's an that evolves in relationship, that it's like the natural stages, and that when we try and rush things mm-hmm. and we you know, whether because we're told that that's the way it should be, because that's what society says, that's what happens on the movies that we're kind of going counter cult, like counterintuitive to how it yeah. needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, you know, where we just need to honor the process that we're in, honor how we feel about it and really develop the emotional connection because then everything else is really beautiful from that. Mm-hmm. Right. True. Um, because that's the most important. That's what keeps a relationship together. It's not going to be physical connection. No. No. Um, it's always going to be the emotional and mental connection. So that's needs to be the foundation before anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. any other thoughts? I don't know. What do you want? What do you want to tell women about men? Anything else? Anything else? Let me hear. <laughs> <laughs> don't rush them on their thoughts. Oh. <laughs> don't ask like, them what they're thinking. <laughs> oh, just like I just did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, right. um, yeah. No, I just uh, mm-hmm. same same kind of deal. Just a little bit less mm-hmm. brunt than that. But mm-hmm. just be understanding that there's there's more uh, to the inside than mm, than true. is uh, perceived on the outside kind of mm-hmm. deal. And there's always digging that. Uh, and there's room for digging, mm. and there's a way to get in that room for digging. Mm. Uh, it just might sometimes take a little uh, adjustment back to the drawing board and, and mm. change your strategy a little mm. bit instead of continual, perpetual questions mm-hmm. that come in the same tone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And do our, do our own work. That's right. right. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Um, well, there's a whole other topic, but I think it's actually a whole other podcast because mm-hmm. it's all about porn. Mm. It's uh, it's about you know the modern relationships and how we are affected socially by the external stimulation and and how that's massively mm-hmm. affecting our relationships and our perception of men and women. Mm-hmm. But it is another podcast for You're sure. Right. It is you know, but we will It'll do be it. A good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, thank you so I much. I love it. Yeah, thank you, thank Chad. You. This thank was you. a lot of fun. For all those, I know you don't have video, but when I first met Chad, I was like, oh, he's like a hybrid of Ben Affleck and, and uh, Brad Pitt. So. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, and he's single, and yeah. he just described exactly his you know, uh, favorite woman. Or yeah, whatever. there you go, right? <laughs> just a plug. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies, for, for having me. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much.